Hey, it's the Tune In Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Gartner, and we are back with another episode today. Uh, hello to everybody out there. Hope you had a happy Thanksgiving, and uh hope all is well. Uh, we got a segment lined up today. We're going to be uh, discussing uh, here shortly, but I want to uh, remind you all to uh, comment, leave a suggestion at the Tune In Podcast at gmail.com and remember you can find this podcast on uh, apple podcast google podcast spotify and all of the uh, podcast listening platforms out there um hopefully in the near future we're going to be trying to try some new things uh some visuals some youtube um things of that nature so um, continue to support um and tune in and um, I'll make it uh, my business to keep bringing you um, good content for your listening pleasure. I'm over here at the TuneIn Podcast. Um, we like informing. We like uh, uplifting. We like positivity and um, teaching and learning. And um, that's what it's about. Uh, but today we're going to be talking about uh, finance. And uh, finance is a uh, interesting a topic to talk about because usually um in life when we're coming up uh through school we don't really learn a lot about finance we learn a lot about you know counting you know your your math your algebra your geometry all that kind of stuff but we don't really learn anything about finance and about investing about saving about uh handling uh money properly and uh budgeting and things of that nature and when we finally get a dollar, uh, the first thing we want to do is spend it. And most of the time we spend it on something that we don't even need. And um, it's kind of a shame that we have to f- learn these lessons later in life rather than earlier in life. And uh, finance lately, um, whether on you know social media and different outlets, um, has you know really been emphasized. Because it's extremely important because um, being broke um, is not good. And when you work your whole life and you have nothing to show for it, that's not good either. So I do want to share some things with you all today um, and hope that we, you know, we can learn something and uh, we could be better with our finances. Um, Now, everybody has a. A different level of income. Everybody's salary is different, but um, I think when it comes to finance and saving, um, that's not really a big issue because it's not really what you have; it's what you do with what you have. And um, you know, you could take a person that makes fifty thousand and put them up against a person that makes a hundred thousand. But if you know what to do with that 50 and you don't know what to do with that 100, the person with the 50 is going to have more to show with that 50 than the person with the $100,000 because of the difference is who possesses it and what they do with it. And so um, I'm going to talk about that and just kind of teach you and uh, put point out some different um, kind of scenarios um, that we can learn f- learn from and uh, really understand 
uh, finance. Now, um, you know, let's look at uh, credit from a standpoint. Um, we, when we're young, we hear about credit and, um, you know, you might hear, well, you know, your credit score, but credit has also changed because of the uh, education, um, you know, about credit. And, and I think it's now easier to establish credit and get your credit, uh, good and, and in a good, uh, position because of the education and resources that are out there. Um, I know starting off, um, your credit's not going to be good. I think we've all been there, but, um, at times we want to buy a house. We may want to buy a car, um, finance something. And at times you're going to have to do that because the average person doesn't have 50, a hundred, $200,000 or more just laying around, um, in the bank. So you have to finance um, certain things that you want. But in order to do that, you have to have a stream of income coming in and then also the credit to be able to back it up. So when you're trying to develop credit, um, you, you might have to start small and uh, work your way up and, and be able to develop um, a credit history um, and a good credit score. And sometimes that can start with just getting a credit card, being responsible with it. And you may not even have a, a big limit, but you have to start somewhere and then you build up. And um, a year or two may go by and you'll be in a position to um, be able to give you a higher level of credit and be able to get um, better uh, things and and even have a better uh, interest rate um, with your credit. Um, and it, like I say, credit has a lot to do with your credit history. Um you know, how long you've had credit, how long you've been able to make on-time payments, um, you know, your debt-to-income ratio, um, making sure you're keeping your credit card balances down um, no more than uh, 30%. And I wouldn't even let it get that high. Um, basically, I would just try to get a credit card um, for you starting off, uh, maybe a person who don't know, getting a credit card and uh, maybe making a small purchase, maybe buying gas or some groceries and being able to pay that balance off every month. So, um, you don't occur a balance, um, with your credit card. Um, because if you, um, continue to max that credit card out or spend high balances, it's going to be hard to pay off because you're going to have high interest rates, um, when it comes to those credit cards. And, um, definitely if you start off, they're not going to give you, um, you know, a rewards card that may have, um, you know, zero interest for 15 months and, and those kind of incentives, those kind of come when you, uh, develop credit history and your, um, credit gets better. And, um, I've gotten to that point where I have a rewards card and I use them, um, and I kind of manipulate them to, uh, earn, uh, cash back and I'm paying these balances off every month. And, um, you know, when you get ready to take a vacation or something like that, I usually, um, a cash out that, uh, you know, that cash back and use that, uh, for trips and vacations and whatnot. Um, so those are some things, uh, definitely about credit and, uh, credit cards. But, um, like I say, those interest rates are going to be high. So don't, you know, be max, max your credit cards out and things. That's not what credit cards are for. Um, you know, they're for emergencies. Um, 
there to really, you know, just kind of help you um, to maintain credit and um, help you be, to be able to um, get bigger and better things because credit should be able to um, help you obtain wealth, not um, get deeper and deeper in debt. And uh, people have to understand that. And it's something that society doesn't really teach us about credit. And our parents don't even teach us about credit. And, um, you know, we live in a time now where uh, so many resources are available to us uh, for our learning and education. Um, when I started off with credit, I used uh, a platform called Credit Karma. And it showed me my um, credit score. It showed me um, kind of who I owed and, and how my credit was looking and my credit uh, rotation and um, you know, your credit score and, uh, your credit report, um, also, um, from like a Experian or TransUnion. And it's not really accurate as far as like a FICO score and a Beacon score and things of that nature, but it's kind of a good start. Um, if you're a person that has never really looked at your credit score, um, you kind of want assistance of what you can do to help increase your score and uh, things of that nature. And uh, it's, it's really beneficial and it, and it has helped me. And then it, like I say, it's a resources that turns you on to other resources. And when you uh, develop that throughout the months and the years, you'll be able to get better um, with finances and with your credit and so on. And uh, better opportunities and uh, options open up to you. Um with using stuff like that. And they have other um, things like Wallet Hub um, to be able to look at your credit. Uh, sometimes you can go to Experian or uh, Equifax, uh, I believe, which is the number one uh, credit reporting agency um, in the world. And um, you can get like a, you know, you pay like a dollar, you can get like a week um, to kind of see um, your accurate uh, FICO score. And that will kind of help you know where you're at. And um, let you know, you know, what you need to work on and uh, do better. Because, lot, like I said, with credit, you really can't get anything. And, you know, it's we think it's funny when we're young and we're messing up credit and we're and we're we're spending unwisely. But when we get married and we begin to have a family, and we begin to want and need things. It, it when your credit is not right, it's harder. And uh, when you start trying to get these cars, they're going to send your, 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 your credit, um, out to all these different banks, you know, check your credit score. And then they'll try to get all 50 banks to try to uh, get you get financing for you. And it's going to be hard. And then when you finally do get a bank to, um, finance you for this car, your interest rates going to be high because you don't have good credit. You don't have any credit history. So when you start off with credit, when you're young, if you're a young person listening to this or if you're a parent having ch young children coming up, get you start off with your credit card, start off with something like that and then pay it back. And so throughout a year or two, you'll you have to you have developed that credit history um, with the lengthiness and then also a good on-time payment history and then your your credit limit your your balance is down 
which really helps you also. And so when you want to go to the next step of getting a car, then you'll be able to get a better interest rate and maybe even get the vehicle that you want. You won't get you won't. They won't say, well, we got this little car over here because you can't afford this and, 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 and all this kind of crap. So you'll be able to be in a position to when you go get that car, you can get what you want because you can get a good interest rate on it. And then you go from there to paying that car on, paying that car down, pay or paying it off and developing more credit history. Then you get in the place to where you can go get your house now. You see, and it's all and it's all in steps, but society, sometimes our own family don't teach us these things and we find out the hard way. And then when you start getting these things, you want to start paying your debt off. Maybe when you get your car, don't pay the car off and then go get another one. Keep the car, because as long as you have good credit. You won't ever have a problem with getting a car. But the question is, do you really need that car? You see, and if you don't need the car, then it don't really make sense to get it of trying to show off or keep up with the Joneses. And there's nothing wrong with enjoying the fruits of your labor or having nice things. But sometimes it may be better to be able to save that money because that sets you up and puts you in a place for other things. You know, maybe you might want to retire early. How can you retire early if you're deep in debt and you have no money saved? You know, and I look at a standpoint of that. I rather have the money saved up of having the things I need instead of the things that I want. And then when I have the things that I need, it'll put me in a quicker position to have the things I want and be able to do the things that I want to do. But I have to take care of the needs first. And what you need to do is save. Um, if you have a job, uh, invest in a 403B, 401K, IRA, save some money. Don't just blow your money because you have nothing to fall back on. And I know too many people in situations, they work 20, 30 years, practically all their life, and they're still begging for change. Something is wrong with that picture. You've worked all your life and you are begging for change. Something's wrong with that. You, you, something went wrong down the line. Maybe you didn't have the right teaching or education on finance, but something is horribly wrong with that picture. That's a big problem when you've worked 20, 30 years and you basically have nothing to show for it. You may have a roof over your head. You may have a nice car, but you but you may be one month from, from losing it all because you have no savings. You have nothing to fall back on for a rainy day because you never saved. You never invested. You always want to look nice. You always wanted to have this and have that, you know, and sometimes you have to look at your options where you can still have what you want and what you need, but it's all about what you do. Sometimes you don't, you may have to look at it and say, well, I want that house for, for 200,000, but what if I can get what I want? Maybe for 135,000. You see what I'm saying? And you might have to look at that option. 
because you should not live over your means. You have to live beneath your means. You know, you cannot um, live over your means. And you have to budget your money. You have to save your money. You have to spend responsibly. You have to stay out of debt as much as possible. I mean, we all acquire some kind of debt, but just being in over debt where you have no cash flow throughout the month, nothing to be able to save, nothing to really be able to go out, enjoy yourself. But all your money is just going towards, I got to pay this, I got to pay that, I got to pay that. That's a horrible way to live. And the sooner you learn that, the better off you'll be. Because one day, if the Lord said the same, we are going to get old and we're going to get tired and we're not going to be able to run. Our body's not going to be able to be flexible and move like they do when we're young. And we're going to want to be able to sit somewhere and enjoy life and not get up uh, six in the morning or go to work at 12 at night and work the graveyard shift. We're going to want to be able to sit down and enjoy ourselves. And just be able to relax, you know, because you work hard when you're younger. You're not supposed to be working hard when you're old. And a lot of people having to do that. Some is because I have to and some by choice. And if it's by choice, ain't nothing wrong with that. But if you having to do it because you have to, you forced to, that's not good. Anything that you forced to do is not good. Okay. So, um. You know, these are just, you know, important things about finance. Um, You know, look at the stock market, um, invest in that. And sometimes, you know, you can look at the stock market and see, um, you know, the futures, which kind of strong. Um, They have platforms like, um, you know, Acorns and and Stash and um, uh, Robin Hoods and, and things like that. There are little platforms for just people like me and you where you can save a little $5 here, um, which is not much. But if you're saving $5 every week or maybe if you can save $5 every day, that begins to add up. And then when you, you know, look a couple of years, you have a few thousand dollars stashed up in the bank. You know, but I would suggest saving more if you can send a particular budget to save and investing in things that are strong. But you have to be educated in that. You know, a lot of people, you know, turn a cheek at finance because they feel like, well, as long as I got a job, as long as I could pay my bills, oh, I'm fine. But you don't have anything else to 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 fall back on, you know, in case there's an emergency, you know. I was looking at a um, episode of something I believe on CBS, and it was a gentleman, and he he seemed to be successful for not selling in, but he didn't even have four hundred dollars in savings to be able to fall back on a four hundred dollar emergency fund. And this man looked pretty old; he looked to be in his sixties, and he didn't have a four he didn't have four hundred dollars set up an emergency fund. If he needed to make a quick trip out of town to take care of a relative or, or a loved one to go to a funeral or, or 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 maybe pay this bill or whatever the case might be, he didn't have the four hundred dollars even in savings. 
If something's wrong with that, where I know people that have $400 in a change drawer. You see what I'm saying? So I look at that. So I, I still save change. I know several people that save change. You know, I was in a barber barbershop one day. My barber's cutting my hair and he's, you know, we're talking. You know how it is when you're in the barbershop, you're talking to your barber, you're laughing, you're joking, you're having a good time. And he was saying, yeah, this guy asked me for $4 and I told him no. And I kind of got offended. I'm like, this grown man is asking for $4? You know, I'm like, I, I'm like, I probably got that in, in, in a, in a cigarette holder in, in, in my car or something, you know, $4. That's not even no money. You know, we, you know, you going to mess up your finances. And then you'll be begging for stuff that's insignificant. And that's, and that's a bad sign that your finances messed up when you start begging for stuff that's insignificant. Now, when you need a house, you need to finance that $200,000. That's not, that's not insignificant. You trying to finance that $30,000 car. That's not insignificant. But when you asking people for twenty five dollars and you asking for four dollars, you asking for for a dollar and stuff, that's insignificant stuff. I know all we, we people go through stuff. Yeah, people fall on hard times. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but a lot of times it comes from not being responsible with your finances. A lot of times it go because you was over in Saks Fifth, you over at Nordstrom, you wanted that game, you wanted to do this, you wanted to do that, and you didn't do what you needed to do. You know, a lot of times you have to look at, we have to look at economics from, from every angle. A lot of times it come from being in bad relationships. Sometimes it come from men being with with women they ain't supposed to be with. Women they that they, they, they put up red flags even before they married them. A lot of times it, it, it's vice versa. Maybe the, with a woman being with a man she shouldn't have been with. A lot of times it comes from, from women, pride and ego, and they, they say, well, I don't need a man, and then that's fine. But when you're 50, 60, then you, you're having to work two jobs and you're having to beg, borrow, and steal and rob Peter to pay Paul. But if you were to stay with that man, which was, which was a, a decent good man that would have paid all the bills and helped to support you financially, if you would have just played your part, you wouldn't be in the financial struggle right now. So we all lived and learned, you know, but I'm just going to tell the truth and be honest and upfront with you. A lot of people mess up money. You know, they don't know the value of a dollar. They don't know how money works. Don't know anything about finance. All they all because all we're taught is that work or go to school. And then we and then we do it. And then we don't have nothing to show for it. Those people that went to school spent a hundred thousand dollars, two hundred thousand dollars, several thousand dollars on a college education. On the undergrad and a graduate degree, even postgraduate degrees, doctors, and don't have anything to show for that. I know people that have higher level education than me, have lower credit scores than me, have uh, more debt than me. Um, uh, to, you know, say, well, I'm broke, this, that, and the third. 
And something's wrong with that. That's why we have to be educated on the importance of finance and credit and, and all that kind of stuff. It's very important. But, um, you know, I just know people that, you know, they get blindsided with certain things and things come up. But I think that 75% of our financial problems come from, uh, you know, misuse of money, um, not managing our finances properly, not being properly educated on finance and uh, not teaching, um, you know, our, our future generations about money, you know, because I I know when we were young and coming up and you get your first job and you're young, you get your money. Friday and by Monday that whole check is gone. Because we 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 want to go out to eat, we want to party, we want to go buy a new outfit. We want to go get a bottle of this and a bottle of that. And then by Monday morning we 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 back broke and can't wait till the other Friday come before we can get another paycheck. And we do it all again and repeat that cycle. But when does that cycle break? And I don't want to put too much blame on parents, but I put some kind of blame on them because they'll watch their children do that. Friday after Friday, month after month, year after year, and they don't even tell them anything about, hey, you need maybe need to stop doing that. Maybe you need to do this or maybe you need to do that. So you can have some money set up. Do you want a car? What you want? What do you want? What 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 what, what short term goals do you have? But they'll watch their children do that and see them blow money and not have nothing to show for it. And they won't even tell them or, or, or pull them aside and say, Hey, do this. And that's dangerous. That, that, that should almost be a crime of not telling your children about finances, about being financially responsible because homelessness is real. People stressing and, and, and dying and worrying about how they're going to pay their bills because they did not properly manage their finances. You know, about being more concerned about your needs than your wants. You know, wants is okay, but if you, but if you don't take care of what you need, what you want don't even matter. You know, because what good is, uh, a house full of stuff with no house. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? What, what good is a house full? What, what good is a whole bunch of uh, uh, material things with nowhere to put it? Even if I have a, I'd rather have a house with one thing in it than than a thousand things. With no house. You see. Don't that make sense. I, I thought that it would. So. We got to get that understanding. And I'm glad that I've learned. Um, you know. Early enough. Um, in my 20's. Of establishing. Uh, my credit. Getting my finances right. Um, being able to be in a better position. Uh, 
you know, for, for myself and my family to be able to buy a home, buy cars, go to the bank, go to the credit union, and they don't exchange no words with you. You know, I, I, I tell them, Hey, I, I'm, I want to buy a new car and I go in the bathroom, sit on the toilet. And then they, then they'll call me, Mr. Gartner, we got your money ready for you. That's how I like to operate. I don't need nobody saying you need a co-signing. You, you need five, 15 references and all that. You know, my, that, you know, I got, I got enough references and they numbers, credit scores and, 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 and $100 bills. Them only references I need. I don't need, uh, my, my, my coworker I worked with five years ago and, and, and my uncle and my mama and my neighbor and, and, and my pastor and all these people to be references. I don't need all that. You see, I need you to have that money ready and not give me the runaround. I rather like to be able to go handle my business and don't nobody exchange words with me. They say, Oh, wow, we can, Mr. Gardner. Yeah, we can do this for you. And when I say I want that car right there, that that's the car I'm going to get. When I want that house right there, that that's the house I'm going to get. And that's a good feeling. But you have to work to be able to get there. And I know that things happen in life that affects us financially. I know that things happen. Um, they do, unfortunately. They really do. But nonetheless... I think that we have to um, make it our business to financially educate ourselves, ask questions, uh, make it important, um, get you some, get you some life insurance, get you, get you some term insurance on on yourself, on your family. Don't don't end up dying in in your your family having to beg and, and ask for fifty dollars here and a GoFundMe and all that, uh, to you know to bury your behind, you know that's not that's not cool. That's not where it's at. You know, get get you, even if it's it don't have to be no two hundred thousand dollars in, in policy or anything like that. Just just enough to be able to bury you. At least start off with that. If you can afford a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand, that's fine. A lot of jobs offer uh life insurance pennies on a dollar. You know, you you paying a couple dollars for, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollar worth of life insurance, you know. Uh you know, jobs offer that for for their employees. That employees don't really have to pay much uh to have life insurance uh, on their families, but you need to have that. Because you don't have ten thousand dollars, you know. If you if you don't have thirty dollars in the bank, you sure don't have ten thousand dollars to 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 bury your loved one um, in the bank. So get you some insurance. Um, just, you know, just a little bit. Call around Globe Life Prudential, uh, the Hartford, uh, even you know, uh, you, you know, people that you uh, have your life insurance. I mean, your uh, car insurance. Would call them. Um, max, you know, and, uh, it might be some, uh, you can get some that you can afford, but at least you have to pride enough that if something happens to you and your loved ones, that everything will be taken care of. Because, you know, when somebody dies, it's already hard enough as it is dealing with that. You're sad, but being broke too 
and you can't properly bury them and stuff like that, and you have them to beg and, and have that um, on you, that's just not good. And these are things that we just really need to think about, um, you know, when it when it comes to us, because we, you know, put a lot of effort, you know, we put, you know, our blood, sweat, tears, you know, um, our, you know, we we leave home a majority of our day and, and make sacrifices and from doing things that we would want to do um, to to work to 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 make a dollar, and then we take that money and we just spend it unwisely. We don't even think about well, you know, my my future in 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 five, ten, fifteen, twenty years from now, you know, and then you'd be in a position where you don't have anything to show for it. And it's just sad. You know, don't let your your working be in vain. Don't let, you know, the, the money that you make, don't let it be in vain. Have something to show for it. You know, and you'll be able to be proud of that um, years down the road because don't nobody care about you mismanaging your money. Not for real. Because if they did, they would pull you aside and tell you, hey, you might want to do this. You might want to do that. But um, it has to be something that you want to do um, because you want to be able to have a better life, um, not only for yourself, but also for your family. Um, I think that when you get older, especially if you have kids, then you have grandkids, there's going to be certain things that you want to do. I have dreams and aspirations of, you know, when my children buy their first first house, being able to have money to give them the earnest money to purchase their first home. When I say, Dad, we're looking for a home, I'm going to be proud. Wait, hey, let me know how it go. And then when I say, okay, we found this, I'm going to say, hey, come over here, get this two, $3,000 check for your earnest money. They don't even have to worry about that. You know, and be able to do that for each of them. You know, when my when I see my grandkids be able to put fifty dollar, hundred dollar bills in their pockets, when I see them and send them back on home to their parents and be able to do that kind of stuff. You know, I don't want to be a grandparent begging and and, and borrowing uh, and asking my kids and grandkids for money. That's not the kind of you know guy I want to be. You know, so I think about that now. You know, I want to be able to be a resource. You know, but also teaching my children to where they don't have to come ask me for nothing. I'm, I'm going, I want to be able to give that to them and they not even need it. But I want it, but I want to do it because I can, not because I have to. You see? <laughs> and I think that these are the, the mindsets that we need to have. And I've talked to people, even, this this used to be a, a a value back years ago, and we've lost our way with that. Where people of old they they put their money up, they they would save their money, they would, and so when grandma died, wasn't nobody collecting fifty dollars and twenty five dollars for grandma. Grandma had insurance. Grandma knew what to do with money. Grandma went all about this fashion and all this stuff. You know, and just spending money, just spending, 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 you know. So a lot of the old pathways, we need to kind of get back. 
because they were very much valuable. They taught us, you know, we look at, you know, a lot of things that we think are, are weak were, re- were really an indication of people being strong. But a lot of but nowadays what we think is strong is really, really weak. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And I'm going to take it there because, you know, grandma and grandpa, they weren't really fashionable. They weren't trying to keep up with the Joneses. They were just modest people. But they had something to show for it. They were able to retire. They were able to live comfortable. When they when they died and they took the body over to the funeral home and the mortuary, the family didn't have to worry about, oh, how are we going to pay for this and how are we going to pay for that? It was already taken care of. And your children and you even were able to benefit from grandma and grandpa, you know. And I've seen that with my grandparents. When they died, well, nobody asked them, nobody had to collect no money. We we might have got some, but we sure didn't have to give none. And that's what it's about. So these are things to take into consideration. You know, finances are important. And, um, you know, I think that when you talk about things that are important, you might have to step on toes. You might have to offend because I'd rather be offended by somebody teaching me something and, and, and learning to be able to have something where I don't have to ask anybody for nothing than rather be offended by being broke, cock stinking and the rent due. So I'm going to leave that with you on, on today's segment of the TuneIn Podcast. Remember, to you can find us at the TuneIn Podcast at gmail.com and on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and um, all the other podcast platforms out there. Thank you for tuning in. Until the next time, tune in. <laughs>